I would like to introduce you guys to Robin Hood. And the hope is this line goes up instead of down. I know this is very basic, but some people don't know how this works. Uh, and when you are 50 years old, you know, your Coinbase stock is worth $630 instead of $63. That's how I used to invest. I used to buy uh, value or like growth stocks where you're hoping for the price of the stock to actually go up. But I've since changed my strategy uh, and I've started doing what's called dividend investing. So if you buy a stock and it pays a dividend, you get paid a certain percentage of that stock's value for owning it. It's, and it's like a reverse credit card. It's yeah, it's like a reverse credit card. You gave this company money by buying their stock and now they're paying you for holding that that stock while they have your cash. will come when he comes uh what's up everybody <laughs> welcome welcome to the laser source podcast the number one podcast if you want to invest in your future i'm joined tonight by uh kyle what's up kyle how are you sir i'm better now that i have pepsi and uh <laughs> semi-officially kyle's new underling at laser everything matt <laughs> what's up matt Yay. you uh oh, you man, earned the much. hoodie bro yeah finally <laughs> yeah, so uh, Matt's going to be joining the Laser Everything team in an official capacity. We haven't signed any paperwork yet, but we're really excited about it, uh, especially, I think, Matt. Um, yeah, so, that requires a soundboard effect. Yeah, I, there should be some kind of effect. There we go. There, there go. it is. Excellent. Um, we have a really exciting topic today that I'm super stoked to talk about. We're going to gloss over some of it. We're going to get a little more in-depth into other parts of it. But uh, we're, we're talking about like the, the three stages, guys. You know, I like things in threes. Uh, we, we talk about the Holy Trinity all the time with uh, the fiber, the CO2 and the UV. This is kind of like the Holy Trinity of like making sure you don't screw your ass over with your small business. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> First of all, uh, we don't have a guest today. I just want to say hey to everybody in chat. Vince, what's up? We already chatted for a moment. Uh, let's see. Who else we got? Willie Sims is hanging around. Uh, it is good to see Jack. How you doing, Jack? And uh, I think that fills us out for chat so far. Oh, we have Dave. Hope everyone's having a fine evening. Mine is good, man. I hope yours is too. Uh, and Vince is asking, is Laser Everything TV ever coming back? Uh yeah, it was a beta. It's a project on the back burner for Kyle and I, uh, just because we have other projects that are more demanding of our attention. I really liked Laser Everything TV. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, oh, am I still asswipe? Duke of your mom's house? Uh, Emergencystop.net. <laughs> Check that out. Uh, whoops. And uh, <laughs> that was I was just gonna let it. I was gonna see how long it went. But uh, thanks, Miranda. That was a good. That was a good. Um, that was a good episode, though. If you guys want to laugh at some stuff, go check out Emergency Stop. It's our non-work podcast, uh, and it's pretty funny. Uh, as, as you can see, it's full of laughs. It, it, yeah, uh, Alex, full of laughs. There we go. Uh, uh, adult humor. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Not for go, kids. go check that out. 
Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, uh, Laser Everything TV. I didn't know that anybody actively missed Laser Everything TV. Uh, we had like one to two viewers all the time, and uh, yeah, definitely as Miranda points out, uh, Laser Everything TV being spammed constantly was a big issue. Uh, Boyce decided Lots to of show up. Bots. Everybody Lots welcome Boyce. What's up, big boy? Hey, boys. Oh, no mic. All right. Well, we'll get back to Boyce when he's got a microphone. <laughs> Doug's here. Michael Ellis. Keith, what's up? And, uh, oh, we've got uh, uh, Sargon is back joining us again today. Anyway, neither of you there. We have a lot to cover tonight. I had to, for the first time in a long time, I actually had to go through and, like, budget how much time we were going to spend on each of these topics because we're really going into a lot of detail tonight about, about the things that we're covering. So um, without kind of continuing to delay here, uh, Kyle wrote us a very nice outline. I'm going to read some of it uh, verbatim. Running a business, you aren't just in charge of your income and expenses. There are, oh my dear God, boys. What a just hellion that guy is uh <laughs> running a business you aren't just in charge of your income and expenses there are many other considerations to be aware of like a sustainable rate of expansion ongoing material and service costs eliminating debts and preparing for retirement we're going to do a bit of a broad overview of the natural progression we think you should be thinking about as a business person from starting a business growing the business to planning a future for your business and planning for you and your family's future. Before we get into any of these topics, please uh, let me be perfectly clear that none of the four of us are financial experts. Uh, do not take what we are uh, saying and misconstrue it as financial advice. We are not authorized or certified to do so in any way. Uh, we're just four people sharing our experiences and giving you some anecdotes that uh, may or may not influence your decision making in the future. So just want to be really, really clear about that. Always, uh, before you make any rash decisions about your finances, consult with a professional in that industry. Okay. Um, do so, your due diligence. Yeah, do your due diligence. Um, we've talked a ton. We've talked a ton about starting a business. Uh, we've talked about setting up a business plan, establishing a sole prop or an LLC, establishing and offering services. Uh, do you want to work as a job shop or sell specific items? Is there some other service that you want to provide? Uh, and, and also insuring your business, which is something that we haven't talked a lot about. Um, Matt specifically really likes getting into kind of the the first few steps of like business setup and startup. You're, you're super into that, man. Can you, can you just like sum up, give us a quick roadmap of what that looks like for people that just like literally haven't started yet. Um, and we're just going to touch on it and go. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, without thinking about it too much, like number one, you definitely need to make sure that you invest <laughs> in safety because especially if you're working out of your house like me. Um, so one of the things I did was uh, I literally found out, okay, what electrical do I need to get? What um, things are gonna make me be able to run, whether it's nighttime, raining, whatever. So think about upgrading your shop to like that kind of thing so that it can run like uh, getting the air conditioning, which as silly as it sounds is really important. And then getting your like ducks in a row, not ducks quack quack, but you ducked in a row. Uh -huh. um, and so, yeah, like literally that's just getting your shop to work. 
But now that you've got your hobby that can be turned into a shop, um, the next thing is, okay, what do I need to do uh, if you're going to be a sole proprietor or if you're going to be an LLC um, or if you're going to be a multi-member LLC? There's a couple of things. So as quickly as you possibly can, what is the difference between sole prop and LLC? So basically LLC just limits your liability. Um, so you, it kind of separates your assets from business to um, personal and there's, you're literally limited in your liability. Um, sole proprietor. Uh, and by the way, LLC also gets you an EIN, um, mm-hmm. which is the IRS, um, which is a big deal. So if you're going to try and buy wholesalers, I know in certain states, and by the way, every state's a little different. So sole props, that's why we were saying, you know, go look in your town, talk to CPA. But if you're a sole proprietorship, um, you have a little, it's, it's more, um, you don't have to have any issues with your money. Like your money is your money. Uh, and the LLC, the LLC, What's really nice about being a single person LLC is you don't have to do payouts. You don't have to have board. You don't have to do all that stuff. And like Miranda saying, check with a lawyer for the best thing. Um, Like I know you guys have Miranda. Yep. She's saying LLC only works that way if you do it correctly. And I was going to interject as well. Uh, Limited liability does not mean absolved of liability. (laughs) Those are very different things. Uh, You you still have liability. So I just... the, the other thing, too, is uh, what's nice about having that EIN, which, again, there's a couple of ways to get that, but that's, to me, the quickest, easiest way. Yep. Um, also, LLC, to me, when I talk to people, when they see LLC on a business, it looks legit, and they're like, oh, okay, yep. I'm dealing with a company. Dude, absolutely. And because think about all the different people you have. The next step, by the way, once you get your LLC, have your EIN, that's when you can now get insurance because mm-hmm. you actually can get insurance for that liability. Um, the one thing you want to get, and this is actually something I'm writing for uh, Robin for the um, magazine. Yeah. Uh, in the article, we talk about how just to work with public works. So uh, in Hillsborough County, Florida, um, you have to have one million dollars liability. You have to have one million dollar property and you also have, or five million uh, single liability limit or something like that. Um, so basically, that ends up costing you like 100 to 150 a month, depending on who you go with. It can be Which higher or lower. Isn't that bad? Just to no, because it opens up the jobs that are like in the tens of thousands of dollars. So you can go to any school district. Um, actually, there was a bid that I missed out on. Like, I was so pissed. I opened up the computer the other day and it's straight up. Oh, yeah. And Miranda's saying sole prop can be insured, too. Yes, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Um, and that's where, again, talk to a CPA. What's going to work best for you? Um even if you, especially like I know Miranda and Alex have their business where she's 51% owner so that you can say uh, minority female owned business, something like that. Mm-hmm. But once you do that, there's also, that means you're a multi-member LLC that has its own separate headaches, um, but benefits too. Yep. So anyways, once you've got insurance uh, and you've got your EIN and you've got uh, your property that now you can back, uh, use on your tax write-offs, uh, now you also have... Um, Get QuickBooks. That's the last thing. I, like, really, it's one of the first things you should do. Or a but bookkeeper. Get, yeah. Well, yeah. And by the way, your bookkeeper will like the fact that you use QuickBooks. Like, if you're a shop like me, QuickBooks is the easy way because you can send invoices. You can change them on the fly. You yeah. can have an in-person um, take payments. So long story short, all that stuff can be tracked as you go along and pay for all these things. And then at the end of the year, like what was really sweet is with my uh, tax person at the end of the year, she downloaded all my stuff, my business credit cards, everything were all on QuickBooks. Um, and basically I just hit send mm-hmm. and it was done. And then she basically contacted me with a few questions about, hey, what was this? Where'd that come from? 
you know, basic stuff. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then great. You're, you're basically in the running. One thing that I want to also, uh, again, just kind of like inject, depending on your state, uh, between like setting up your sole prop or LLC and getting your EIN, you may have to register to pay sales tax. Uh, yes. Many, tax remittance in your state. Uh, or and that's, yeah. When you the get your LLC, majority. that's the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. The vast majority of states, so sole props too. Uh, if you yes. if you take payments, you have to like collect and remit sales tax to your state, and that honestly, out of all of the things that you just that's listed, what wholesalers that want. That was the hardest for me uh, to get done, especially here in New York. It's just a nightmare to so, do. So start on that early. <laughs> in Florida, that's actually one of the easiest things. Like you literally start your LLC, and it's like, hey, did you want to do tax remit and stuff? And then you you're happy. You'll very quickly see how friendly or unfriendly your state is in, in terms of uh, function and business and small business. Even big business has problems with that. But yeah, um, so uh, definitely just uh, I would I would in inject that into into your thoughts as well. But uh, we've had this conversation many, many times uh, on the podcast. So if you've missed it or you haven't heard those episodes Go back in time. Uh, we get far more into this. And uh, again, Miranda's saying check with a lawyer, right? Yeah, or a we're, CPA or are, both. These are just anecdotes. We're, both, anec yeah. we're anecdotal storytellers here tonight. Um, I'll, I'll also share one more yeah. thing that kind yeah. of falls into this category, too. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people find that getting business insurance and liability insurance is kind of overrated. But when you start looking at things like yeah, government, government contract jobs where you're just doing a, a, you know, bulk cutouts or bulk engraving or in the context of our business realm, right? Like what we do as engravers, a lot of them require a certain amount of insurance to cover their product and you, because they, the last thing the government wants is somebody to get hurt on their dime and they get blamed for it. I yeah. mean, I, you know, Miranda was talking to me very, Miranda's very passionate about the insurance topic. Some night I'll actually be able to convince her to come on so she can talk about it directly. But uh, she was talking to me like nope. everybody should have business insurance. Like if you are selling something to someone, you should have business insurance because she was like talking about these. Uh, they're like crib signs that like hang above cribs with like the name in them. And it's like if you make one of those and you put a hook on the back and you sell it to somebody and they yeah. hang it above their baby and then it smashes their baby in the face. Like you can be, you're, you could yeah. be liable for that. I'm not saying you are liable for that. I'm saying you could be liable for that. And like simple steps, like not putting a hook on the back, you know, like could, could limit your liability and having insurance covers your ass. You know what I mean? But you yep. don't know. And that's just one example. You there's, it's, there's no way you could possibly, perceive and and uh know in advance every situation in which your products or services may or may not bring harm to somebody and result in a lawsuit you just don't know and if you don't have insurance uh that's gonna ruin you're not you. covered that's yeah. gonna ruin you yeah you, you you're screwed so um you know that just again anyway so you've started your business right you're making a little money uh a lot of people jump straight to paying off debt but i the way I did it and the way I would, you know, tell others to do it. If I was asked, I, I would focus on growth first. Uh, you you want to be able to really maximize the amount of money 
you can make with your time. And I definitely was not able to do that with one laser. You know what I mean? Um, we, we definitely needed to bring in a couple machines before I was like, okay, I'm maxed out and we're bringing in as much as we can, like kind of with our, with our setup and with me being the only person, you know? And from there, then we were able to start working on, on debt. And we're going to talk a lot about getting rid of debt in a few minutes, but um, I did want to touch on growth here for a second. So again, according to Kyle's uh, brilliant outline, um, after you establish core services, can you plan for any improvements or optimizations? Uh, do you plan to expand into additional offerings or spaces with available work time? Part of the optimization and expansion is uh, recognizing if or when you need more machines or space. And is it realistic to take out loans? Uh, you have to be realistic about pay repayment time. Uh, you'll be paying interest. You have to keep you have to keep in mind interest. Uh, if a tool will help your income stream grow, paying for that tool through a loan could be a you know financial boon versus waiting and saving. Um, so there's not a not a whole lot he can say about that right now because of an ambulance of some sort. <laughs> no, that's, that's the fire truck people. They knew he was on a roll tonight. They knew he was on a roll and they're like, let's mess with them. There's a laser burning someone's house right now that doesn't have insurance in America. <laughs> I want to go back to uh, I'd also say when you, before you register LLC, like we, we didn't register ours in Michigan because Michigan is a shit show for businesses. We registered ours in, in Wyoming. Um, some people didn't like that idea. Some did. But Michigan is a freaking shit show for small businesses. They want you to prepay. Like, they want you to guess how much income you think you're going to make in a quarter. And then you owe that. They send you a bill. <laughs> like, I learned that the hard way through my podcast. I made a business. And they said, how much money do you think you're going to make? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to try and sell some hats. Okay, so if it's a guess, it was between one and five thousand dollars. Like, yeah, sure. Okay, you owe two grand. I'm like, what? I get a bill next quarter for two grand. I was like, this is insane. Yeah. Anyway. Ouch. Um, Cuban Crack said, "How much money should you be making before you register for an LLC?" Um, you don't have to really make that much money at all. Uh, in New York. Or California, uh, sorry, I'm thinking back. Uh, in California, when I registered my first ever business uh, as an LLC, and I believe it's the most expensive state to do so, it was $700. So yeah. if your business is making enough that you can spend $700 to register an LLC, you're probably good to go. There, uh, there are not a lot of requirements. You can do it on LegalZoom. Uh, they make it very easy. They have like services on there. I think we paid like 40 bucks a month back in the early days. And like you just had like an attorney on tap and you could call them. Uh, we've since gotten a like, you know, dedicated attorney that we paid a retainer for because it's easier to get in touch with them and we get more, you know, direct specific answers to us. But um, there's a lot of services on there that can help you if that's something you're trying to do depending again on your state because all of that kind of business formation stuff is a, a kind of state level matter uh yeah. there could or could not be like annual fees that you have to pay renewals or, or things like that so that really goes state by state i would look into that and kind of try to gauge what those costs are before going off the deep end so that you don't surprise you owe another 700 you know what i mean like uh you you just don't know so if if you have assessed 
what the expense is going to be and it's it should not be that bad um and and it feels manageable to you then it's probably a good time to do something like that uh also in my experience uh i would probably skip soul prop altogether and just go to llc there was no real reason to be a soul prop uh if anything my life has been easier with the llc than it ever was as a soul prop um so I, I don't really see it. It's a little, a little, and I mean a little, I'm not exaggerating here, a little more expensive up front to generate the LLC and a little bit more paperwork. And then everything else is easier. And for it. one more quick thing too. Most CPAs will help you or lawyers. Um, they're close to you. If you call and say, Hey, I'm trying to set up an LLC. What's your cost to help me do that? 50 to a hundred dollars. If you're someone who really wants to make sure it's done right. And at least in Florida, like I know around me, two people said they would charge me a hundred dollars and one lady said 50. And then I just ended up having a friend who is really smart and that helped me and it was free. Um, so <clears throat> just thought, I don't know. I wish Miranda was up here. Miranda says, uh, they made a mistake and then told me it's not their fault because their attorneys don't communicate with the staff that fills out the paperwork. So she doesn't recommend legal zoom anymore. Uh, I think it's, situational you know I, yeah. some people yeah. like i know cuban cracked is like really young right i yes, I, yes. I feel like uh, they said they were like 18 yeah. or something 18 i don't yeah. know if a retainer for a lawyer is gonna yes, be sir, you know what point. i mean like in his so yeah. I, it, it's not ideal i'm not saying everybody should run out and, and go get legal zoom it was more of an example uh we definitely aren't going to be using them again but like some <laughs> people might be in a situation where they're trying to get set up trying to get set up right and having crappy service from legal zoom might be better than no service from some kind of law body at all so jim bob double check all your steps as you go through too don't take it for granted yeah engage your engage your needs for sure yeah for sure um back to growth guys um so i another thing that i want to touch on really quick and kyle i'm going to kind of toss this one to you because you talk on this topic a lot uh is specifically i want to go into like how you know where to go from the machine you have to the machine you need what's what's an upgrade what's a lateral move you know um should you be upgrading or expanding the wavelength options at your disposal things like that yeah so if you're specifically targeting uh, a very um you know finite amount of materials you can work with them on one laser you have a lot of products that you offer or few that you sell a lot of and the demand is through the roof form and you can't keep up and you find yourself limiting the amount of orders you're willing to accept then maybe it it would be in your best interest to pick another one of those type of lasers getting another one or getting an, a bigger one an upgraded one to handle more volume or um handle it faster like if if you're doing coins for example um you could potentially do more of them with a larger wattage laser and a slightly larger lens and batch them out more. So you can spend less time on that machine, letting it do its job and more time handling other stuff and packaging and doing whatever else you need to do. If you find yourself in a position where you're getting asked, if you're a job shop, if you're a job shop, you need to be able to engrave a lot of different things. Um, So that's where, spreading the the wavelengths that you work with would be beneficial so if you started with a fiber maybe it's time to get a co2 or a uv so you kind of have to gauge what you're looking to engrave or mark or cut and 
dive into those rabbit holes and see what those projects require. Um, because every material that you will ever work with does have an ideal wavelength, depending on what you want to do with it. So there's that. And of course, kind of knowing what you need in terms of that, um, you can either move into different wavelengths, move into multiple of the same type of laser, uh, depending on what your efficiency curve looks like. And you can optimize based on, you know, uh, you can modify your workflow to optimize for the machines that you're working with. So if you're doing quantity in batch coins, just as a, a an example, you can do a lot of them at once using a slightly larger lens and a larger, more powerful laser. And if you have one or two of those, you can spend less time babysitting the machine, more time doing other stuff, designing, dealing with customers, making products to sell on your site, designing products, whatever. Um, so it, it, it kind of ties in together depending on what you want to do and how you want to scale. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I get a lot of questions like people that have uh, CO2 lasers, they often say that they're going to upgrade to a fiber. Um, I I really don't like hearing that because they're they're totally different tools, right? We need a we need a shirt that says different tools for different jobs. Um, you you I would always go for expanding your wavelength availability rather than replacing one machine with with another, um, especially when we're talking about different material sets. So um, just, I don't know, a little tidbit there. Uh, one option for getting new lasers is buying a new one uh, with a loan. But I know, Boyce, you actually just got a second job and you yep. bought your, your Miro with cash, right? Like yep. just straight up. Balance, both of them. Both of them. Just bought yeah. both of them with cash. Why did you go that route rather than a loan? And how did it work out? Well, for me, I didn't want it to be a, an impulse purchase. Say, so I'll just borrow the money. No, I'm going to fucking work for it for a year. And that gives me time to plan an LLC. Think of a, find a, all the socials that are available. Like for me, I like to plan that stuff out to say, I need a year to work my ass off, save cash, pay cash and save money. That way, when you start your business, you don't have to worry about the debt part. Like you were talking about earlier, you can go straight into growth or uh, doubling down on your social media and say, okay, how do I get exposure? Or am I gonna go local or am I gonna go Etsy and try and just sell a thousand $5 little trinkets of whatever it is, you know, a widget. So for me, it was like, get a loan and then have that secondary pressure of having to pay that payment. But guess what? You might get a second fucking job anyway to pay that payment until you grow. So I'll just second job up front and just go kick ass. I, guys, last year I had five five w-2s i worked a few jobs but i paid cash well two years ago it's like that to me i'd rather work hard up front to earn that shit man and then when you can kind of reassess it gave me time to sit back okay now i have 20 grand sitting here do i really want to go all in yeah you know so that gives me a time a, a time to step back and pause it's like okay do i pay cash for a vehicle or am i going to start a business like what's it going to be should i get off the pot so for me it's just I don't want to get a loan because then you're under a different type of stress and you're going to wind up working a second job anyway, you know, and yeah. you can't grow while you're doing that working a second job. Mm -hmm. There's no time. Yes. Yeah, so, so that kind of, that kind of loops back to uh, 
you know, is the business your full-time job or is that that your side hustle that you're working to grow? See, and the other thing too, is my aspect would be like, I actually got it um, from my, I mean, I bought my first machine outright with cash, but when I upgraded to the big guy behind me, um, I bought it from them with a $10,000 loan. And to me, I was like, I will make $1,000 every month. Like that's what I told myself. And I would literally buy like a case of cups and I would be like $16 for a cup. I don't even give a shit. I'm making $1,000 this month. And I drove myself. And once I hit a thousand, anything after that was like just icing on the cake because I'm someone who needs that pressure. Yeah. Otherwise I'm just kind of like, you know, I'll fart around with it. It would have become a hobby. And so I think having that hustle drove me to just strive <clears throat> to, to get out more of my comfort zone and do more. So, I mean, you know, lots of different ways for, to do that. I think that really is going to come down to personality, too. You, like, sure. you know what's going to motivate you and what you're going to be able to handle. You know, for Boyce, it would have been this cataclysmic point of stress. Whereas <laughs> for people like you and me, it's like if we don't have a cataclysmic point of stress, we that's don't do point. anything. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, um, I, I felt the same way. When I started our business, I had a very limited time period where I could make that decision. It was it was we had just moved across the country Miranda just took a really shitty job and it was it was do this now or get get a job too you know like that was it and it had to be then so I literally broke out every credit card that I had and I just like spread it around I'm just like just a little bit everywhere I put like the chiller on one I put the ohm tech on one I put the fiber on one you know I think I put the fiber on three um Mm -hmm. so you know and and it worked because I, I knew I had a minimum payment due, <laughs> you know, yep. like I had, and I'm not going to like turn to Miranda and be like, okay, give me the money from your shitty job so I can throw <laughs> it at this crappy idea that I had. Like you, you have to get out there and, and get after it. So, um, you know, if that pressure is helpful to you, that might be the way to do it. If it's not, uh, and for many people, it won't be, uh, you know, save, save first, especially if you have the luxury of time. Uh, mm-hmm. Boyce had the, yeah. the luxury of time for sure. Boyce yep. was already a, had full time employment. Uh, yep. He could take the second jobs. He could stash that extra cash. Had healthcare. Healthcare. Yeah, is a big healthcare. One. that's a big one. Yeah, well, a big and one. don't forget the other benefit too is you took that time to look for product, plan mm-hmm. products, plan designs, get connections with where to get stuff. Well, you didn't research. sit on your ass and do nothing while you were earning money. You were right. planning everything yeah. as you went. So that you yeah, knew what you were going to do on day zero. Yeah, guys, I used to carry around this pad of paper with me. Where I'd write down every little kind of idea that I would think of. I'd literally sit on Etsy and look at stuff, and I'd kind of dig into that. But if you're always thinking about it, you can plan ahead a lot in a year, mm-hmm. a lot. And you can talk to the people. Yeah, uh, that's that's actually that was something else I wanted to ask about. Uh, this is a subject I really don't know a lot about. I've never, ever in my life, uh, ever made a business plan which just i fly by the seat of my pants i'm a psycho don't do that um kyle left, notes. Kyle, kyle left it yeah kyle left <laughs> a note in the uh script that says running the math and having a financial and business plan as you expand is just as important as when you start the business uh have, have you guys has anybody here actually like made a business plan and if so very quickly because we're already at 30 minutes what does that look like where do you start and why is it as important to do as you're growing as it is when you're starting 
I mean, basically everything that we mentioned in the beginning, when you'd ask me when you're making a business, how'd you do that? To me, getting your LLC or sole prop or whatever, becoming a business ensures that everything you do can be a write-off. Everything you do is under that. Because to me, my first step, once I decided to make this a business, was to get a bank account, mm-hmm. right? Because now I have my money and I have the business money and it's all my money. But as far as the government's concerned and all of the, like the liabilities, that's where I was like, I have a very clear definition of what's what and where it is. Um, and then being able to say, you know, using credit cards. So now you have a credit card for business you have, cause otherwise what happens is I want to start a website. So I basically went and got a website, but now it's coming from personal money. I just started my business bank account. Now it's getting all it's, it gets mixed up. So as soon as you, the sooner you can bifurcate, meaning like cut that sucker in half, do it. Yeah. Right. If That's, you don't, it's like, am I making money or not? It's impossible it's to tell. Well, and then your your uh, person, your C, you're losing money is what you know you're doing because your CPA could have saved you a write off, could have done something to offset interest, could have done something to. The other thing is uh, kind of like what Boy said. One way is pay cash for things that you know you need, or like for me, I and this is why I had highlighted Mr. and Mrs. T's uh, qu- comment. Mm-hmm. which was use the machine you have to make the money you need for the upgrade and yep. to light a fire. Yep. Um, my other thing was get a big old chunk of the thing ready so that when I buy it on a credit card, I'm not paying the interest. I don't have to mess with a loan. I don't have to do anything. So my first goal was once I got $5,000 on a credit card, use that for products and inventory and merchandise and shop stuff, pay that down to zero, save a big chunk, and then like for the UV, I literally had half of the money in cash ready to go, put it on a credit card. And the day that I bought it, I dropped, you know, half of the value of it. Boom. Yeah. And then the other half was paid off with the first and second job. Yeah. And so, um, Miranda had another note too. Um, we had a kid that couldn't go into daycare yep. too. Uh, so having to not pay for a sitter, sitter or nanny helped offset the cost of a startup too. Uh, by a lot. That shit is expensive. Uh, yeah, and Child not care, having, man. yeah the 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 fact that I just like instantly worked from home uh, on my own time and could be with our kids, you know, while starting to generate revenue uh, was very like just oh in the big in the in the long run the big view uh, very advantageous as well. Hell so, yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's really good. Well, the other thing with growth, Ooh, go ahead. Kyle. I was just going to say the other the other thing with growth, too, is there are some situations where if you're looking for a big thing to drop into your lap, there there are companies out there that are looking to make a product now. And you're the only engraver in the area, maybe that is willing to take on the job. So if they're willing to sign a 15 or 20 or 30 thousand dollar contract with you, it almost doesn't make sense to pass up putting a machine on a credit card that will allow you to do that kind of work. So you kind of have to weigh weigh the options, right? You have to weigh weigh the the things that are in front of you and make an assessed and and informed decision. Because um, there are situations where that happens too. I was just talking to somebody two days ago that they were looking at a twenty thousand dollar contract, but they literally didn't have a machine to work with that wavelength of material. They put that on a credit card the next day. And they now have a machine on the way and they now have secured a contract to do that kind of work. Mm. So, by the way, credit cards let you have the opportunity if something goes awry to have 
purchase power to like, and I hate saying the word chargeback, but at the same time, if you are literally protection. getting mess, yeah, like buyer protection. And a lot of people go, well, I use PayPal. Sure, but use your credit card through PayPal. Credit card companies will go after it because it's their money that you're having to pay back and it's a whole issue for them. It's an onion of protection. There's layers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it, it's perfectly valid too. Uh, and I'm not saying put it on a credit card and, and forget about it and make minimum payments for the next 10 years. I'm saying right. take that money that you're making off of that machine and yeah. dump it back into the machine. So you're not paying instantly 15, 20, 30% interest. And that's the other thing too, with normal consumer credit cards, you usually get the first 30 days after the, the bill is generated to pay mm-hmm. without interest yeah. on, yeah. on some business accounts, you get double that. Or more, maybe. It, it depends wonder, on your credit card. So I, I, answer, say I paid $50 interest on my machine. Done. I want to answer uh, Cuban Crack's question. He's got a lot of good questions, uh, probably because yeah. he's young. Um, any advice on which ones to get? The thing you want to look for, dude, if you are building or trying to restore, which is probably not going to be you, but building your credit, look into secured credit cards. They are dope. It's basically a credit card and it has like a $500 limit and you give the the credit card company $500. You give it to them and they put it in their pocket and then you use it like a normal credit card. You buy stuff, you pay it off. You buy stuff, you pay it off. Your credit store starts to go up. You can get a couple of these and it'll go up really fast. And then when the credit company and the interest rates are horrible uh, because you don't have any credit. um, (laughs) So you have to be really careful with it but you use them for your normal expenses and pay them off every single month, your credit will skyrocket. And when you reach the point where you have a good credit score or a decent credit score, you can apply for a real card um, because you'll get a better interest rate. The secured cards will usually unsecure your card, which means they'll send you your money back and let you use it as a normal card. You're still going to have the terrible interest rates and stuff. So what I did, because I had to do that to fix my credit, uh, not to build, but to fix my credit, because I ruined my credit when I was super young. Um, What I did was as soon as I got my credit to a decent place, though it hurt the length of my credit standing because I had had them for about two years, I closed those accounts and reapplied for real credit cards. Um, As far as issuers for those, um, secured cards are pretty easy to get just about everywhere i think bank of america has a pretty good one that um yeah of course credit unions yeah check with your local credit unions and see if they have that available as an option credit unions will usually have a better interest rate too usually Mm -hmm. what's up i was about to say be really careful on just going shopping by interest rate because you will get sucked into a variable interest credit card rate Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. not a good thing no um so and it, like, and that literally just happened on one of my uh, credit cards that I've had forever. It's one of the cards I've had forever. Like mm-hmm. when I, I think I started it in college as like my emergency gas card or whatever. Yep. Um, and it's been sitting with me for what, like I graduated 15 years ago from college. So literally just got a thing in the mail that said, Hey, we're going to be turning your interest rate into a variable interest rate card. Um, and literally if I had any money on that card, I would cancel it in a heartbeat, but yep. I'm just keeping it because it's like, why, you know, why wouldn't I, if I have zero on it? Um, but be careful. Banks will do that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is American express, by the way, even though it is a paid membership, 
you get a lot of really, really good benefits for when you spend your money. Cause here's, what's really cool. When you have some of these credit cards, like an American express business credit card, um, you get cash back, you get rewards and you actually can, I feel like the, the benefit to some of those are really good. Also American express are like pit bulls for your money. Yeah. Like they're literally voices for your money. So in case so, you don't know, um, a couple things. So first of all, thank you for bringing up credit unions. Uh, I bank, through a credit union for laser everything. All, we, all of our everything goes through a credit union. The difference between a bank and a credit union, very quickly for you guys, banks exist to make money. They are there to turn a profit on the money that you deposit into them, okay? Credit unions, when you deposit money, it's like you're buying a share of the bank, okay? Yes. And the more money you have in there, the more you own of the credit union. All right. So you, they, their incentive is to make you money. You are the owner when you're part of a credit union. OK, it's a very, very big, important difference. Um, and so if you can absolutely go with a credit union, they're usually local. Sometimes they're chains. Sometimes they're one offs. Uh, we had we were lucky enough in uh, when we lived in California, we had Redwood Credit Union, which was amazing. Uh, and now here in New York, we use ESL Credit Union. Uh, they're, they're both, you know, fairly big players in our local credit union area, but I'm not going to find an ESL, uh, you know, down by Matt in Florida. Okay. It's yeah. they're, they're, they're part of your region. Like they, that's part of what mm -hmm. they do. They help grow the local community. So can't recommend that enough. Um, and then uh, I had something else, but I don't remember what it was in the meantime, really quick. We're going to go long today, guys. I'm trying. I, it's just going to be a long episode. Just so you surprise. Know. Yeah. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Ferry's asking, and we get this question all the time. So just want to cover it really quick. Hey guys, great show. First timer here. Really great info. What, uh, what's your go-to for pricing? I honestly never know what to fairly charge. A lot of times I use JDS suggested pricing. Thanks fellas. Jeff, listen, here's the thing. Um, Every it's different everywhere. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Michael Mullins on the show. Uh, Michael was talking about charging minimums, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, we had a thirty-five dollar minimum. You know, uh, you walked into the door with a tiny little keychain you bought at a gas station. You want two initials on? It's thirty-five dollars, right? Yep. If I when I moved and I stopped working for Michael and I opened my own engraving shop, I just copy and pasted, right? So I told the people out here in Western New York. Oh, it, yeah, we have a $35 house minimum. And they like laughed as they strolled out of my shop, you know, because it, it's it, houses are like a quarter of the price here, like bread and gas are a quarter of the price. So it, I can't just throw a number out at you. It And Kyle and I say this all the time. It depends on what your market will bear. So mm -hmm. set a minimum and try to stick to it and see how potential customers react. If you're getting a lot of, weird faces uh maybe lower your minimum yeah. a little bit right Tweak if it. people say oh my god i can't believe it's that inexpensive maybe you should raise your prices you know Re it's, rebalance you you will figure it out there's at, at the end of the day there's a certain amount of money you need in order to be a business and stay in business and pay your bills mm -hmm. and take care of your family right uh so you have to charge at least that and then beyond that you know what what is your market going to bear? Uh, it's it's going to be different if you're living in the uh, the the cow filled plains of Western New York or, uh, you know, Hollywood. Right. So just make sure that 
you're kind of keeping that in mind. There is no national mm-hmm. solution. And that's I don't like JDS's suggested pricing because that just assumes everyone everywhere is going to charge the same price for the same kind of work. And that's just not the yeah. case. I uh, will say uh, what's fun about that, by the way, is you can send people the suggested pricing uh, premier because, by the way, there's premier personalized goods or gifts is their uh, website mm-hmm. and it'll say like thirty five dollars for a cup. And you're like, hey, for you, I'll do it for twenty eight. And people are like, this guy's he's he's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you can yeah. use that as a tool for that if you're into that whole thing. And I remember um, the other thing I wanted to say, too, before I lose it again. Sorry, Kyle. Then I'll let you go. Go ahead. Matt, you brought up Amex. Yeah, all of my credit cards are Amex. <laughs> if it's yeah. not Amex, it's closed. Uh, and the really nice thing about Amex, first of all, I don't. Most of their cards charge an annual fee. I don't have any of them. Um, Amex has non-annual fee cards, like the Blue Cash card, which we use for business, which is amazing. Uh, and then I have a regular Amex Cash card, which is awesome. Um, and one of the really cool things about Amex is that. If you are a good customer, you've been with them for a while, you can swipe your card for a, a freaking $40 million yacht and it will go through. Like, and Amex does not care. And they give you a little bit longer to pay it off without paying interest. Eyebrows. <laughs> it's, it's true. Uh, it, effectively, it just removes your credit limits. You can, you can buy a house with an Amex card and they will process the payment. Um, and, you know, once you mess up your trust with them, that becomes an issue. But it's really, really good for like, oh, my God, I just blew my 260 watt tube, you know, or, oh, my God, my fiber laser won't turn on. I need a new one tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. You have the that's like the key. And you can literally just swipe it for anything and deal with it later. And that's amazing. Mm. That is just like. A cri- it's uh, with great power comes great responsibility, right? But yeah. like for real though, it's saved. It's my the key ass. to functioning a business, and, yeah. um, you know, from day yeah. to day. But you just have to remember you need to pay that off, right? So meanwhile, um, by the way, uh, you also need very good credit to get an Amex. So you probably have already established good habits if you have one in your hand. But you know, it, it's something to consider. I just wanted to vouch for them. I love my American Express cards. And even if you don't have American Express, like I use my credit union and this is, sorry, Kyle, it's really fast. No, I, I literally, with the, with the credit card I have, it's a low limit. It's only 10 grand, which doesn't sound like a low limit to me, but like to some people, they're like 10,000 is trash. Um, but the, the nice thing about it is I actually, with my credit union, have told them no international purchases unless I make a phone call first. Um, because I deal with people all over the world, having to hand out that information, I'm just, I don't trust people because I've (laughs) had issues with that before. So that's one of those things too, that's really sweet is you can put those personal protections on there. So that way, if you make a mistake and give it to the wrong person, it, it, they'll literally just cut the card Mm -hmm. and they'll just send you a new number in like the next day. And it's like, it's on its way. It'll be there in 24 hours. So you still have those protections. Um, and Amex does stuff like that too if you need it like they're awesome like they literally have people there 24 7 okay yeah. Kyle, go it, uh two things if you're having trouble figuring out the whole credit card situation for a business and you have a personal credit card go to the place that you already have a credit card with because you have an established history they're probably more willing to work with you on getting a business account set up yeah uh if you can't work with somebody else or, or if another bank isn't willing to do that yeah. uh and number two sargon brought up a good point credit unions however don't have business accounts that's not entirely true 
but partially. Some credit unions will only do personal accounts, and that's for a reason. Others will do business accounts, um, and some require additional paperwork than others. So mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you're asking and you're asking the right questions sometimes. Right. Sometimes you need to rephrase what you're looking for to get set up and ask them what it takes to get a, a business account set up um, because it, it may change the answer that you get. And you admittedly may have to try a different bank and that's okay. I was about to say, it actually might not be a terrible thing to have your personal bank and your business bank. Yeah, at, at, Red, at Redwood and at ESL, both offered business accounts. And both required proof of the business. You know, you need to walk in with an EIN. You need to walk mm -hmm. in with insurance and like all that stuff. So you have to be legit. Yeah. But they both did some, offer some I, business mail, whatever. They're, yeah. they're also both larger credit unions. So mm -hmm. it, you know, I, I would go to probably the largest one in your area and start there and work your way down if it were me. Uh, but again, <laughs> you know, I don't, what do I know? Um, also, uh, where was it? Um, I wanted to get to that in a second. Uh, boom. Frank Taylor asks, do you ship for the price it costs or do you add some? I price my jobs to just kind of assume that I'm going to be buying shipping materials and I just charge what the label costs. I think it's easier for me to keep straight in my head because I see that I bought the postage. I know what it costs and I made sure that I charge the customer for the postage that they required. Other people do it differently. Some people just throw anything in a flat rate box, which is insane to me. Yes, yeah, not smart. I, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. So it's not cost um, effective. <laughs> Uh, some so, people will yeah. leave their shipping rates too. They won't modify them for sometimes months yeah. or years. So they round up to make sure that they're covered because shipping rates do change over time. So uh, I know a lot of, it depends on how you manage that. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, me I personally, I saw you, Matt, you brought up uh pirate ship. Yes. Yeah. And I like I will, them. I will pull the quote from pirate ship, see what they're quoting me for the shipping and then drop it in the invoice, send the invoice. When they paid the invoice, I bought the postage. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I literally have an item line that says shipping. That's it. And yeah. it, there's no, so it's uh, in QuickBooks. What's really nice is you can literally just type in the words. Like, so it says uh, line item and you just add the stuff as you go. And then I put shipping. I have no idea what it costs until I know how much it weighs, which I have a scale right here. And then I go on pirate ship. I say from my uh, zip code to their zip code, here's the weight. And then it says what size box, if you're not using flat rate, blip, blop, bloop, you measure it real quick and it mm -hmm. gives you your, your estimate. And then I do add about five bucks because I mean, it takes time like to, for me to package that nicely for me to then buy the extra stuff. Like Alex said, um, you know, it, it's money. So maybe yeah. five to 10 bucks, depending on like, if it's a large order and I've got to saran wrap it on a pallet or something, that's, that's going to take time. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't free. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, there's, there's like, yeah, there's a line, right? Where because like, I also, I make my stuff like bulletproof when I ship it because we're not going to have problems. There's a line between I'm popping a couple custom name tags into a bubble mailer and mm -hmm. I wrap a pallet with 80, you know, solar array uh, power boxes and like lift it with a forklift up to like a docking bay, which is something I actually had to do in real life. I'm sure Miranda will comment about it in live chat. Um, yeah. And we didn't charge for that. And we were so mad. That was the, one of the last jobs I ever did before we did the live stream where we closed the shop. And I was like, I am so done. <laughs> I was like, just pissed. Um, 
So yeah, that's like an hour and a half of work, man. Yeah. Uh, and Cuban Cracked is asking, which shipper do you use or recommend? Uh, pour one out for Jimmy. But um, Jimmy was on a podcast episode with us three or four weeks ago. It was published. It was an older episode than that, uh, where Jimmy goes into pirate ship and he's talking to us about the different like shippers and what he uses for what and when mm-hmm. and like the pros and cons. I would really go listen to that because we get super into it um, in that episode with Jimmy. God rest his soul. Um, so go check that and one out because that was something more, Jimmy was really into shipping. One more option too with certain things like with Shopify. As soon as you buy a Shopify account you actually get Shopify shipping rates, which are pretty close to pirate ship, but pirate ship still is better. Um, and there's a lot of people who don't understand Jesus Christ, oil that chair, boys. My fucking God. Um, oh, that's my fucking chair? Yeah, it's you, dude. No, there's, just a, there's a witch howling outside your window. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so anyways, what ends up happening too, if you really, just a quick explanation, all these companies do is they buy mail like rates in bulk and then they sell it for a very, 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 very tiny discount, but they sell it in so much bulk that that's how they're making their money. So if you don't understand that, like, I don't know how else to explain it to you. They're literally making pennies on the dollar, but they're selling so many dollars worth that they're making good, good money. Um, yeah. And another thing is stamps.com is what I used to use. I used to, I had a hobby that involved shipping stuff around the world, but like eight years ago, it was ahead of its time. Now it's pretty antiquated um, because it, they literally like a year ago were like, we're going to be adding UPS to the mix. And it's like, you mean what every other thing has done? Mm-hmm. So mythical free time. I teach monsters and mythology is one of the courses I teach. So I, that's how I know about it. Okay, guys, <laughs> we are halfway through this outline and we're at an hour. Maybe so this is two episodes long. Let's, we're let's gonna, keep pushing. We're going to keep going. Um, so, <laughs> Okay, so we've talked about establishing your business. We've talked about growing your business. Um, both of those were supposed to, both of them have a note in parentheses. Yeah, it's a 10, 10 minute max. <laughs> Whoops. Um, so much for that. I know, questions. I just can't ignore them. I want to move on to clearing debt. Um, when I had finally achieved the Trinity and I had all, I had my CO2 laser, I had my fiber laser, I had my UV laser. And I had the shop set up and we had all of our display cases and all of those things. I went on the internet and realized I owed like 40 grand, you know, like, and I've been like making small payments here and there to like keep things current or whatever, but I hadn't been actively uh, trying to pay those things down. And clearing your debt is a very important step in this process. Uh, Before we close tonight, we're going to talk about investing. And there's just zero situations in which any investing that you do while you're running your business with debt, the the money that you make, your gains on your investments will outpace your debt, the interest you're paying on your debt. You just it's not going to happen. Like your 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 debt has to be cleared in order for your investments to make sense long term. If you have a credit card that is $4,000 on it and you're paying 25% interest on it and then, you know, you're and and you invest $4,000 and on an amazing year you make 10% back on that $4,000, you've still lost 15%. You know, it just doesn't so you have to clear especially that high we're talking about high interest debt here, revolving debt. That's something like a credit card 
I'm not talking about, uh, and I keep I keep blanking on this uh, every time that I've said it to, to one of you in the last month. Um, uh, installment debt, right? I'm not talking about getting rid of your car loan. I'm not talking about getting rid of your mortgage. I'm talking about clearing expensive high interest rate debt. Miranda would like me to say again, we're not financial experts. Check with someone who is. We're talking These are all anecdotal evidence. Anecdotal, anecdotal anecdotes just for you from the laser everything team. Um, but in my experience, uh, you know, it, it, it does not make sense to carry high interest debt and try to invest money at the same time. I want to talk yeah. about investing. That's what I've been waiting to talk about all night because it's fun and it's exciting. But in order to do that, yeah, in order to do that, you have to get through the first part, which is clearing that high interest debt. Uh, there are a lot of tools online i have one in particular that's very easy to use that so i'm going to show off before i get into that do you guys have any suggestions or recommendations on this topic i am poor so i'm listening uh, welcome yeah <laughs> great okay well poor kids in college <laughs> one of the first things i'm gonna go ahead and share my screen here if you're listening i apologize i will do my best to uh verbalize what i am looking at and Bef uh, before you do that, yeah, what's up? Frank says, what about investing in equipment? That was what the, the growth part of the segment growth. was for. Yeah. So you that should, falls under growth. You should be comfortable with the equipment that you have at this point in the. In We're the talking process. about now you've paid your if, debt if, down to the point where investing yeah. makes sense. If you're investing in, in equipment, you're still in the growth stage then. Exactly. Yep. Um, I'm like very comfortable with the amount of lasers that I have right now. I don't need another laser. When you get there, this would be where you go from here. Uh, again, in our experience, we're not financial experts. The first thing that I pulled up on my screen share here is the buying guide. And that's because I was supposed to plug it while we were talking about growth. Uh, if you're not sure what machine to get and you're looking for recommendations, there are great reviewed uh, machines on here that you can take a look at. You can check... Uh, for different kinds of lasers we've got galvo lasers gantry lasers diode lasers whatever you're looking for whatever you want to add to your arsenal we've got a lot of great suggestions here uh many of which have been reviewed we've also started adding our written reviews to the website which you can find under buying guide reviews uh so this is kind of what they look like and it's just basically the script from the video review though we will be adding things that don't get videos to this reviews page as well so uh, if you're interested in that, that's where you can find that stuff. I was supposed to plug it and I forgot. The next thing on my screen is Mint. Uh, it's by Intuit. It's the same people that do QuickBooks. Uh, and it's an amazing tool, especially if you are less than organized with your money. Um, if you're a visual person, it's super useful. Yep, exactly. I'm going to go ahead and log in here. Imagine uh, NordPass. Go check that out, too. NordPass is freaking awesome. Come on. This year, please. Okie dokie. Great. So uh, I'm just going to log into this. Hopefully that works. Beautiful. Okay. So we're in Mint. Uh, so here, here is Mint. Uh, it's showing uh, some different investments and how those are doing. And again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, it gives me my net worth, which is all of my things that have value, like property and cash and investments minus assets. All, yeah thank you assets uh minus all of my like debts 
uh, essentially, and that is your net worth. So you can see that, you can see what's in all of your different accounts and things like that, uh, which is great. Um, so like here you can see like my, my credit cards, like this is literally all of my credit cards right here. That's cool and all, being able to see all that helps keep your brain organized a little bit. But the thing that you really wanna check out uh, is the budgeting feature. I haven't, to be fair, I've not touched this in years, so none of this is right. I spend a lot more money now than I used to. Our family has grown considerably. <laughs> so just to point that out, but uh, you can put your income in here and uh, you can also set up uh, spending limits for a bunch of different things. And you can actually build yourself a personalized budget, no spreadsheet required. And then, for example, the auto and transport category, when I pay my car insurance bill, I tag it in Mint, auto and transport, and then it will deduct that from what I've spent on my budget. Uh, and over time, Mint will learn which transactions belong to which categories. You don't have to do it anymore. Uh, and you can build custom categories. You can have categories for whatever you want. Uh, so I had like auto insurance, auto payment, gas and fuel, internet. By the way. Anybody who uses QuickBooks, like he said, it's the same people. So it's the same learning algorithm. So if you do use QuickBooks for your company, mm -hmm. this is like QuickBooks for your personal. Yeah. Is the best way I can explain it. Yeah. So yeah. if you, it, what's really nice about this is my wife and I, when we got married, there was literally a month where she had negative money in her account and she was like crying because, you know, we were like 20, whatever. And she was like, I just don't understand where my money went. And I literally went on with her. We opened Mint up. This is a decade ago or more. Mint's old. Yeah. Yeah. Mint's and so, oh my. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this might have actually been like 15 <laughs> years ago. Uh, we had a DOS computer. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, like, literally, though, we, we put Windows in all 3. the Yeah. We got our diskettes. Uh, but anyways, when we put all the information in, she literally could see that she had been buying Amazon. What she did was she was spending money like $5, $7, $12, and it was just dinging her little by little, and she just didn't keep up with it. And it just categorized everything. And when you saw that pie chart pop up for her, she was like, <gasps> so as dumb as it sounds, it's really useful Like for people who don't, mm -hmm. you know, or if you've got multiple people using the account. The same account. So, yeah. Yeah. A, yeah, a lot so, of people just aren't cognizant of what they're spending their money on too. When you go to the store, it's really easy to swipe your debit oh, card. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, or like, especially with online purchases these days or Grubhub or, well, I mean, there's, the there's so many easy ways to, to very quickly dump money out of an account. Subscriptions. That's another thing too. Like, like you're like, wait, what the fuck is that? $18 yeah. to Hulu, but I've got Disney and Hulu. I could be saving money. And so there's like little stuff like that. That is, you know, as silly as it sounds 15 times 12, you know, you're looking at 180 bucks there that you can mm -hmm. be playing, you know, differently. And, you could be investing. Um, the other thing that I really like about Mint is that you can set goals and kind of gamify that debt payoff a little bit. I, I like to gamify things. You know, I want to like level up and see my progress and things like that. It makes it things more engaging and, and easier for me to stick with. And you can do that with pretty much anything. The big ones are crush credit card debt and wipe out loans. Uh, and if you click them, you can look at your different credit cards. You can say, which one do you want to pay off? You know, things like that. Um, and build like an entire kind of goal around paying off your, your debt. So uh, they have that too. But it's just, it's a really great tool to be able to knock that debt out. Uh, and I, I highly recommend it for people. So if you haven't already, go check out Mint. It doesn't cost a dime. It's absolutely free. Uh, it's just mint.com. 
and uh, that's you know, that's pretty much. You do yeah. have to enter banking information is the one thing because I swear other people like my dad. I told him about it. He's like, that sounds great. And then I was like, put your banking in plan. Oh, I don't trust the the internets. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. It, obviously, it requires this. We're talking about online software. I know. Right? Just they, it has people. to communicate with your bank. So you link yeah. your bank it's via Plaid. <laughs> it's a very safe thing. It's also been around for a very long time. Uh, if you really want to get out of debt, check out Mint. Um, you should before moving on to the next step. Before we start talking about investments, uh, does anybody have anything else to say about paying off debt? Do it. Nice and quiet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, so finally, um, back to Kyle's outline here, retirement and your future. What kind of future plans do you have for the business and for you and your family or your retirement? Uh, what type of expenses do you need to keep up with personally and for your business? You are your retirement. With retirement accounts such as IRAs, uh, which are individual retirement accounts, and we're going to talk a lot about them, um, you can only legally contribute up to around $6,000 per year. Uh, then we actually looked up the actual figures. So in 2023, the IRA limit was increased to $6,500. And when you reach the age of 50 or older, your limit is increased to $7,500. So we'll stop here and talk about IRAs for a second. How many of you guys have IRAs? This is going to be my casket. Okay. So <laughs> you need to set up an IRA, bro. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you're going to, yes, you do. Um, IRAs, guys, pay a pension on your, on your teaching salary. IRAs are basically retirement accounts for people that don't have retirement accounts. Uh, Anyone can open one. It's not like a 401k where your employer has to open it for you uh, and has to make contributions to it on your behalf. Uh, you can just open up an IRA. <laughs> my retirement plan is to live with my son, Frank says. I've got two of them. Boom. Yep. Um, so basically, you can. There are, there are two kinds of IRAs, and we're not going to get into the differences. Do some research on them. There's Roth IRAs. Uh, there's traditional IRAs. The, the point here is that you get tax advantages for putting money into this account and not withdrawing it before you retire. That's the, that's the long and short of it, much like a 401k. Um, you can either choose to get an IRA through a company where you just give them money and they just make investments for you and you hope it pans out, or you can open one on your own, uh, a self-directed IRA where you are choosing the investments and Everything that I'm about to say, again, for the millionth time tonight is 100% my opinion. It's how I'm going about things. I'm going to show you guys how I'm doing it. And uh, if you want to copy me, great. If you don't, don't. If you want to consult a person that knows more about this, well, that's probably the smartest thing you could possibly do. So disclaimer aside, um, uh, yes, Miranda. Still <laughs> here. I know. I, that was me. I, I went back and found it, so we have visual. Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um. So, all of that said, I would like to introduce you guys to Robinhood. Robinhood is the shit. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Robinhood. This is one of my Robinhood accounts. <laughs> I have a couple for a couple different things. Um, this is kind of like my my. I, I call it like my fuck it money, <laughs> you know, so I, I'll like invest in some random stuff and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But um, this I just pulled this one up because it doesn't really have any sensitive information in it and I can really show you how things work. So 
Um, essentially, this allows you to start investing money. And the traditional layout of this is for an individual brokerage account, which is just an investing account. There's no limit to how much you can put in it. It's not tax advantaged at all. You have to pay, you know, capital gains tax on it and uh, all that fun stuff. But, but uh, if I can find it here, I forget where the giant button is. Kyle and I were literally just looking at it. Oh, it's right here. They have a retirement tab. Uh, this is actually pretty new. Yep. If you click it, uh, it's the only IRA with a match. Uh, typically, when you get a 401k, when you're working for somebody else, your employer will match uh, a certain percentage of your contributions, right? So if you put in a dollar, your employer will put in a dollar. That's a really great feature. That doesn't really exist with IRAs until now, uh, which is that, awesome. That also, that also doesn't really exist when you're your boss and you're running your own company. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because you're still putting them. You're still the one putting in the money. So, yeah. Um, you get a 1% match from Robinhood, no employer necessary, uh, just, uh, oh, and no, of course, uh, commission fees, uh, which is part of Robinhood. You don't have to pay per trade. A lot of brokerages will charge you when you try to make a trade, when you try to buy stock or whatever. Um, this is sick. This is really, really cool that this exists and you can get started. And I previewed it a little bit and it just looks just like this. So you've got your stocks over here. You can see how they're doing. There's lots of green um, and you can start investing. Um, and that's great. Typically when you're investing, you're looking at stocks, you, you buy a stock, right? Like over here, again, I, this is kind of like my, my fuck around money. So I have stupid things over here uh, and we'll look at some better things in my opinion. Um, but like I own some Coinbase, right? Uh, so here's Coinbase's stock price. And you can see, well, um, so you can come over here, you buy in dollars, you can buy, you know, $50 worth of this and you get 0.7 shares. And you have, the hope is this line goes up instead of down. I know this is very basic, but some people don't know how this works. Uh, and when you are 50 years old, you know, your Coinbase stock is worth $630 instead of $63. That's kind of the, the goal there. Um, that's how I used to invest. I used to buy uh, value or like growth stocks where you're hoping for the price of the stock to actually go up. But I've since changed my strategy uh, and I've started doing what's called dividend investing. So if you buy a stock and it pays a dividend, you get paid a certain percentage of that stock's value for owning it. It's like the company saying, thanks for owning our stock. Here's a little bonus. Right. It's, and it's like a reverse credit card. It's yeah, it's like a reverse credit card. You gave this company money by buying their stock and now they're paying you for holding that that stock while they have your cash. Um, again, more or less kind of the, the outline of it. A great example, a really popular one here, Coca-Cola right here. Uh, Coca-Cola, 60 bucks. Coca-Cola has been going up for almost five years. Uh, I'm guessing this is too, uh, pandemic 2020. Okay, so big crash there. Five years, guys. This is what five years looks like for Coca-Cola. Um, basically a straight line up. I mean, this is as good as a chart can look. Obesity we, wins. Yeah, if we scroll down, you can see the dividend yield. The dividend yield is how much Coca-Cola is going to pay you annually for holding their stock. So here you can see 2.87%, uh, which is 
pretty good. It's it's a little on the low end, but usually the safer stocks pay lower dividends. The riskier ones pay higher dividends. It's a whole thing I can get into another time. If anybody actually cares about any of this, I don't really know. I haven't been looking at chat because I'm looking at this. Um, but essentially, they're going to pay me 2.87% of $61.42 every year for owning the stock. Sometimes that 2.87% is broken up over like quarters. So they'll break that 2.87% up uh, into like three month quarters. Sometimes companies pay it annually. Sometimes companies pay it every single month. And you can set up something called drip, which is automatic reinvestment of those dividends. So instead of taking the dividends out and putting it in your pocket or buying a, you know, Miss Pac-Man arcade machine with, with that extra money, you can just have your brokerage automatically use those dividends to buy more of the stock that the dividend came from, which is like, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm really selling it here. Yes, Matt, what's up? By the way, this is where I was going to say, I, uh, I realized why I don't have an IRA. I have a why 403 B. So are you not allowed to have both? Oh, you could. I just like have never really looked into it too much. I know there's money in there that gets taken out every paycheck or something like that. Like I was like, let me look online real quick. That's what my typing was. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I've got some. I got like thirty five bucks in retirement. I'm killing it. Mm-hmm. It's an edu- educator, basically an educator account. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Anybody who works for a government or a uh, nonprofit. And Boyce was just talking, but he's muted, so I don't know what he said. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I saw somebody in chat mentioned ETFs. I'll talk about ETFs really quick too. Um, so like, uh, see if I can just find one really quick. Uh, here's a good one. So this is the Schwab US Dividend Equity ETF. And basically an ETF, instead of buying one stock of Coca-Cola, you buy a stock of this ETF and the ETF owns tiny pieces of like a billion different stocks which means you're really well diversified because if one of those businesses goes under the stock that you own, isn't worthless because there's 5,000 other businesses that this fund owns stock of. So ETFs are a great way to diversify and there are dividend specific ETFs that you can check out. Uh, So again, this is like by Charles Schwab and it's the Schwab U S dividend equity ETF. So they're giving like this 30 day yield number. I don't really like this, but um, this is, apparently what the stock will yield over 30 days i don't know why they're showing it this way for the etfs but essentially um you're still getting a dividend you're just getting it from the fund instead of getting it from all of those individual companies i like to i like to handpick stocks i think it's fun but if you want to do something safe and easy and just accrue a bunch of dividends and buy more of the etf with the dividends you just keep dumping money into this guys and it snowballs because the more you put in the more you get paid in dividends, the more dividends can buy more stock and then you get more dividends and then you can buy more stock with those dividends and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and you can be really aggressive with this. You can be really careful with it. Obviously, you'll have a lot more research to do. But if you're at the point where you don't have revolving debt and you want to play around with this, I really, really, really recommend checking it out. I can get a lot more into this when we're not 15 minutes over time. Um, and but and here's can, what here's what I'll say a little more. But yeah, like my goal is to do exact like literally the reason my business is called ELC Creations is because I started the company to pay for my kids' college, 
And that's the main thing, like my point of having the business. So if you're somebody who started it for another reason, which is what Alex is talking about, which is to make some extra money for this purpose, this is the kind of thing. Cause I know everybody jokes like I want more lasers. I want more lasers. Yeah. Uh, but at a certain point you top out or you don't need the extra lasers and they're now they're just sitting there. So that's one of those things like get to this point, make money, make yep. your money, make your money, make money. Yeah. Um, well, and that's the piece of it too. And it's not just for you. It's, it's also for your family, right? So if you have kids, if you have a family that you want to, maybe you want to retire early and spend some time with your, your kids, right. Or maybe you want to, maybe you want to, maybe you want to cut back on your work hours and, and diversify your time a little bit and be able to, to reach out and do other things or do yeah. volunteer work or whatever. Right. Like that gives you the flexibility to not have to make money. Yeah. Or actively because you're making it passively. If you're cubing cracked and you're 18, this is how you make the money to pay for your house. That's already going to be overpriced by the time you buy it. Unless the housing market collapses in that case, it'll basically just be pandemonium anyways. And the world's on fire. Yeah. Um, and I also, uh, Jeff Ferry saying, I just signed up for a fidelity account. I have a fidelity account. I like them too. Um, with not a whole lot of knowledge trying to self teach right now, this is some great info. I would highly recommend, I actually opened my Fidelity account first, and then I opened a Robinhood account, and I learned on Robinhood. So I would still recommend signing up for Robinhood because they have like a lot of like, just like kind of tap through guides that explain things in really basic terms. Every time you see a new menu, every time you're like looking at like a new button or something that you don't understand, or there's a term that you haven't heard before, there's usually some kind of like tutorial prompt or explanation that kind of pops up and puts it into perspective so that you know what you're you're dealing with so if you haven't done it i would definitely check it out also before we go too far i am going to plug the affiliate link down in the description where you can check out uh robin hood it doesn't cost anything ever uh, unless you sign up for like their gold thing which has perks that even i don't care about uh robin hood is absolutely 100 free no commissions on trades no commission low uh like monthly subscription fees or anything like that it's really fun it's it's a lot of fun uh this is the fun part of the episode the other thing that's down there that you'll see too and i want to mention it uh before you guys st start snooping around in the description is a link to coinbase uh where i buy crypto uh and this is i don't recommend you do this at all uh, this is probably the dumbest thing you could do with your profits. This is scratch off money, but it's fun. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to talk about it because I have a lot of fun doing it. So um, if we come down to like my assets, you can see a bunch of stupid different like, you know, crypto coins essentially that you can buy. So I have some Bitcoin. I have some Ethereum. I have some Shiba Inu that I wish I didn't have. Bitcoin Cash. I don't know. They're, they're, they're random. I think I could get in on that Shiba Inu. <sighs> No, dude, don't. Um, don't get in, don't get in on any right Buying crypto is is dumb. Uh, but if you want to buy crypto, there's a link down there. I have a lot of fun doing it. And when the market is closed, that's usually when I'm doing crypto stuff because the uh, regular trading market for stocks and ETFs and things like that is only open weekdays from like 9.30 until 4 Eastern. And then it closes and you can't do any trading. So that's when I come over here and get in trouble. Um, but I'm not doing too bad. And uh, I just do like I just do like dollar cost averaging. So I have these recurring buys set up. So every day I buy a little tiny bit of crypto, and uh, it it just kind of adds up over time. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was gonna say about Robinhood that I liked because um, I haven't seen Robinhood until you showed it to me just oh, now. Oh yeah, really? 
no, I don't. Dude, yeah, I, told you, awesome. I didn't even know I had a retirement. Like, that's cool that I've got one. Um, <laughs> I know some people are like, oh my God, but whatever. That'll be fine. Florida takes care of the people. Uh, literally was what I liked was all the stuff. Like you said, it had explanations when you mouse over it. But what was nice is just all the stuff was there at the bottom in that mm-hmm. really easy to view space like this trending so, list thing or yeah like all of it like where it oh, said yeah. like yeah, uh, sure. your yield and all that mm-hmm. stuff oh like on like, an actual stock yeah yeah like so that was cool like because if you're sitting there that's the kind of stuff that you would normally like 10 years ago shit like that would have taken a day to figure out for a stock and now you like can click on, on paper. it in moments like in yeah. paperwork yeah in moments have the information you need to make, you know, informed decisions, which is pretty nice. Yeah, it's definitely very nice. Um, and again, I wish I actually am kind of wishing that I had had uh, one of my dividend accounts up because that would have made better sense. I'm not logged into it and I'm not going to take a bunch of time to do it right now. Uh, Laura actually uses Robinhood. Um, she says mm-hmm. first stock is free. And uh, I think part of like the, affiliate link thing i i barely read it because i don't really care if people click it or not but uh, i think you get like a stock or something if you click it so you could get extra stocks if you want to do that but um anyway uh neither here nor there um frank taylor says informed decisions are overrated matt yeah exactly that's why i told you i use my money to pay for college and also to buy scratch off tickets and beer what are you gonna do what are you going to do? Uh, definitely Coinbase is my scratch off tickets. Don't buy crypto. Um, and I guess that's it. Um, I would say in terms of like, cause, cause, you know, we have a, a lot of varying age groups, right? Mm-hmm. In the community. Yes. Th- there's definitely people in their, in their, you know, this is their retirement gig. Whereas other people, this is what they're trying to do to prepare for retirement. Yeah. Uh, or there's people in their thirties and forties, just, you know, starting a business or twenties even, or yep. 18. So, I mean, it, at least where I'm at, I'm kind of at the, the point in my life where I'm seeing what's happening with, you know, typical retirement stuff and social security and all that. And I don't want to rely on that. So that's part of the reason why I'm like, I'm taking oh, yeah. control of my own retirement. Dude, gone, are, gone are the days where you're just going to put a bunch of money in a, in a savings account and like take yeah. it out in 80 years and it's going to be worth or like a, a cd that you get like 0.01 uh, percent on yeah. you get like a penny on a thousand dollars a year yeah yeah no uh, or like and, and relying on social security i mean that depending on who you listen to some people say that's the the government's pyramid scheme and in 15 years it's going to blow up who knows but I don't know. So th- diversifying how you handle your retirement mm-hmm. uh, from I, the people I've spoken to in the investment industry seem to think it's a good idea. And if you have any questions on that, find which, somebody to talk no to. Matter, wait. Oh, good. Sorry, nope. I was going to say, just as for, just this place is full back to where your business started with insurance and laser fires. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Uh, so much investment money. Who you are, really, um, especially if you're on the younger side. If you haven't and you work for yourself, you don't have an employer. You should open an IRA. It, I don't really care where you do it, or when, or how. 
Uh, but it's something that you should do some research on for sure. So, yep. What's wrong with Matt? He's like laughing and frozen. Uh, this, <laughs> if you've been keeping up with the chat, I'm dying. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say, like, <laughs> there people were talking about <laughs> yeah, oh waking up legless. He put his leg up and was like, ah, <laughs> Snap, you're killing me, dude. He's all been right, crushed guys. in chat all you're, night. You're great. done. I'm going to let you all go. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Laser Source Podcast. I hope that you got some value out of it. If you did, don't forget to smash the like button. Let everybody else know the content is good. And don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you get notified the next time we upload an episode of the podcast. If you got extra super duper awesome value out of this, I'm going to ask you to do a couple special things. This is your call to action right here. Okay. One, go check out the LMA. Every episode of laser everything that we publish for free is made available thanks to our members over at the laser master academy uh and we really support we really appreciate everyone that that helps us out with that also i want to ask you to check out the affiliate links in the description there are a billion of them go look around on the website all that kind of stuff helps us keep people like kyle and boyce and bring new people on like matt uh that's that's where we get the juice for that so go check that out if you can and third and finally and arguably most important 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 it's important see it's a fuzz um (laughs) emergencystop.net rate and review this podcast on apple Podcasts, please Go rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you you don't have to write a review. You could just let me know how much crypto you're going to buy with your Coinbase account. Um, you know, what's, what's your favorite crypto? Leave that in the review box. Uh, but please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us get in front of new people. I can't seem to get people to do it. So uh, you guys are the group. This is the batch. There's 36 of you listening right now. I've got a really good feeling about all of you signing into iTunes and rating and reviewing this show uh, on Apple Podcasts. Especially new members right Snaff. now. Especially Snaff. Dude, I know Snaff69 has already got the browser open on his way to, to, to Apple Podcasts right now. Get a leg on it, Snaff. So please, uh, rate and review the show. Again, affiliate links for everything down in the description. Go sign up for Mint. Manage your budget. Buy that new laser you've been looking at that people keep asking you, you know, that you, you need to do the work that you haven't been able to do. Uh, or, you know, sit down and write a business plan, no matter where you are or what you're doing. I just got back. Don't care who you are, where you're from, what no. you do. Sign up for an IRA. All right, that's it. Go. I'm I'm out. I'm done. Thank wow, you so much for listening. Button. We'll see you <laughs> in the next one. Oh.